I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics from personal stories to hot button issues. We cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday. So make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Together, a pop culture academic symposium. We are the pop culture professors. Welcome, welcome. We're smart people talking dumb topics. That person that's smart and talking is Caitlin Bitsagai. <laughs> Hi, and that smart gal is Lauren Brickman. And we are the self proclaimed professors of pop. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we're no longer the professors of pop culture. I just, you know, I just thought I'd be snappy okay. today. Professors of pop. Doesn't that say like, because it's professors of pop, which is P-O-P, pop, pop. We're the pop pops. I don't know. I'm trying something new today. All right. Um, One of my yeah, favorite we'll characters to our brand. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's already taken, so that's good. <laughs> that's what you're looking for in your branding. You know. Pop, pop. <laughs> You know, regardless of whether it's pop, pop culture, where does the professor part well, come Well, shockingly, Lauren? not only do we have advanced degrees, but people have allowed us to teach real college courses. In fact, I taught three today. It That's is amazing. Also, it sounded to me like you said dance <laughs> degrees. And I was like, I definitely don't have a dance no, degree. That, no, that I definitely don't have. No accredited place <laughs> could ever offer no. me that. 
Uh, but also, we say we stand together. So, standing, that is being an obsessive fan of a celebrity, a show, a movie, could be mm-hmm. anything. So, Lauren, what are you well, standing Caitlin, this week? Well, you better call for some emergency medical care because I have, once again, mm-hmm. watched a whole series since the last time I saw you. No, no, I you did. could not I did. Have, I watched though. a whole other show. Um, and, I, well, no. actually, I'm. it's not a whole other show. I have, I think, two episodes left, which I will finish as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> uh, but I am standing for Woke on Hulu this week. It's <gasps> Oh, my gosh. We're okay, so great. To watch that. Well, I watched almost all of it, and it's so good. Uh, Lamorne Morris is... I love him. I have been in love with him since I met him as Winston on New Girl, and... I think we're we're on our way to a committed relationship now after Woke. Like, it's getting really serious. Have you been DMing him? Not be yet, because I, as you know, am still trying to make it work with my man from Kim's Convenience. <laughs> so until I get a cease and desist from Shimu Lee, uh, I will be... <laughs> So that's the official breakup is the mm-hmm. cease and desist. And you can't before no, that. That's, no, I'm not going to cheat on Shimu until <laughs> until I hear from his lawyers directly. Um, but, you know, Lamorne, watch out because I'm coming for you next. Uh, I, I stand hard. Also, um, really quick, just want to say for anyone that listened to last week's episodes, I am deeply in stand with One Direction now. Last week, I was mildly interested. I have consumed their entire catalog. <laughs> I'm all in. I just don't know. You shame me. You put me to shame when it comes to pop culture because I feel like I have half the real responsibilities of you and you watch 35 more hours. Caitlin, I don't sleep. What are you standing this week? Well, I'm standing a reality show that I think deserves its moment in the spotlight. You know, Housewives has been up there for a decade now. People love Mm -hmm. 90 Day Fiance. That's ascended. But we need to turn our attention towards marrying Mm -hmm. millions. And I honestly wasn't even sure if I've mentioned this show on the show before. I did a Google search. I don't think I have. But you know what? I don't care. I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. Because this show is on Lifetime. You can watch it on Lifetime. Confusing. Don't go to Mm -hmm. Lifetime.com. That's like some sort of um, playground equipment company. Don't go there. Go to mylifetime.com, watch Marrying Millions. The conceit is simple. A person who's not a millionaire is dating or engaged to someone who is. Nothing revolutionary. We don't care about that. But the casting directors deserve an EGOT Mm -hmm. for what they have done. They have found people that, regardless of premise, just needed to be on television. Desiree and Rodney, I don't know. I I spent the first five minutes of their story trying to figure out which one was the millionaire. I just didn't even think it was apparent, but I didn't even care. It was like, (laughs) tell me more. Like, thank you for finding. And sometimes they're just like, has to be technically a millionaire. Sometimes they're worth like $100 million. They have two ex-wives. The first ex-wife calls herself original wife. I mean, the stories are are amazing uh, that they, it's incredible it stuff. Makes you believe no, it in does. love. I, I will say, or, Caitlin, when you first mentioned it, I wasn't sure. But then I went and watched it because I literally watch everything. And it's great. Yeah. I love it. It It is fun. You don't feel like there's mm-hmm. any victims. You don't feel like no one's in it for the money, but they might be in it for stranger way reasons. Stranger. <laughs> way, way stranger. Makes you really examine the human condition. Please DM me if you're watching the show. Uh, it's, perfection. it's perfection. You know what else is Perfection. Our guest today. I'm I I've been I standing so. them forever. Please welcome Jonathan Braylock and Tessa Hirsch. Tessa Hirsch and Jonathan Braylock. Hello. 
All right. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, good start. We are coming. I think it was just alphabetical okay. order, but you know what? Here we go. No, it was man first. That is how we do it. And we will be editing out the part where she corrected us. <laughs> oh, wow. <sighs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm, Jonathan, mm-hmm. Tessa, y'all have been with us from the beginning. Jonathan did one of our very first early experimentations of what this show has grown into. Y'all have did our live show, and we're so obsessed with you. We had to bring you back to talk about the very theme that we last talked about when you did our live show, which is the movies of 1999, because it is... It's a topic that's so big, we just can't stop talking about it. And we keep finding new things to say. Um, And, you know, typically for those that listen to the show, you know that we like to talk about our credentials at the top to to let you know that you're in good hands. But this week, I feel like it's obvious. We all lived through the 99 movie. Just barely. I just barely did. Yeah. Tessa was... It's just just like a sparkle (laughs) in my mom's eye. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like a Taylor Swift for the 90s. your young boy? Uh, Jonathan's wife is a baby. (laughs) It's fine. It's It's not weird at all. It's not weird. It's totally legal. Um, But I I thought we'd do a little twist this week because it seemed to me our credentials were just so obvious that instead of sharing with you all our credentials this week, I want to share with you who our biggest crushes of 1999 were. And this will be fun because I got Tessa and John's answers ahead of the show. And I'm going to ask them to guess each other's. And Caitlin, I'm going to ask us to guess each other's. So we're all going to have to guess who each other's biggest crush of the year 1999 was just to get us all in the mood. So I'll start with Caitlin. Who do you think my biggest crush of 1999 was? Okay. Okay. Well, You're talking about in the year 1999, what you were feeling, not looking back. No, not looking back, but like in 1999. It's important. That is an important distinction. It is. It's very important. Well, okay. I mean, the obvious answer is uh, I'm going to talk through. Feel feel free to show your map. The the obvious answer is Joshua Jackson, but I don't know. I think he was on your Mm -hmm. radar in 99. I don't think he was your biggest crush. You have the Backstreet Boys. It could be somebody from that, but I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I will give you this hint. This person was in a film that came out in 99, and it's a film that I think gets overlooked. I mean, I know specific films you think that are overlooked, but I still am not sure if I'm right. Because I know how you feel about Muppets in Space. <laughs> so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Kermit. That is a great guess because yes, I do believe Muppets in Space deserve the Academy Award over American Beauty. However, my biggest crush of nineteen ninety nine was Seth Green. Oh and yeah, film- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Keanu Reeves until you said it was an overlooked Yes, well, because Idle Hands, starring Devin Sawa, co-starring Seth Green, where the devil takes over their hands, came out in 1999, and this girl watched it too many times. (laughs) Wait, that's the Seth Green movie, not (laughs) Austin Powers? No, because people saw how good that one was. Not everybody saw how good Idle Hands was. (laughs) To me, Idle Hands was a secret that only me and my friends knew about, or so I thought. All right. Uh, I, I've never uh, heard of so, it. So, well, 
Oh my god, I just remember that Jessica Alba is in that. Yeah, she is. I don't, but she, I, she wasn't. She wasn't my crush in 1999. I'm giving Tessa a hit. <laughs> it wasn't. Jessica right. Alba was probably my crush in 2001. Yeah. When did Dark Angel come out? It around around there, I think. Yeah. 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 So she was on the rise. So Lauren hit me. Who do you okay. think was my crush? So in I did a deep dive, of course, of the movies of 1999, and based on your. <laughs> the fact that I know you have a thing for older British men and I know a oh, 007 God. movie came that out me. that year. I think it was Pierce Brosnan. That's going to be my guess. I think oh, it was... Well, can I guess too? Can I guess too? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, what about Hugh Grant? Hugh Grant was huge in 1990. He was... <sighs> Hugh Grant is a but great I don't, one. Yeah. Kate, I, assume, I think Kate's always admired Hugh, but I don't think like he was her crush. I think... because. I think he was honestly probably too young for her. I really think it was Pierce. <laughs> yeah, and I'm too old for him, so it actually works. Um, we've agreed to stay friends, Hugh and I. Um, it's funny. I wasn't thinking Pierce Brosnan, but I think you're right. <laughs> Who were you thinking? Because I was thinking like still yeah. that age, even though he's not so 99, I kind of still think Luke I Perry. I was going to say Luke Perry until I saw that a James Bond film came out in 99. And I'm like, oh, that had to have been on your radar. That's but, fair. That makes more but sense. But I, I almost said Luke Perry. But yeah, he's just not of 99, yeah. but you're oh, still thinking about I him. I tried to nominate him for people's sexiest man of I the know. year last year when he was no longer with us because I'm always thinking about him. All right. Tessa, John, who do you think? I know who your answers were. Do you know who each other's answers are? I'll just... Okay, so I'll t I'll t show you my math as well. Mm -hmm. So I feel like John was in like Rutherford, New Jersey. So 1999 in Rutherford, New Jersey <laughs> is more like... <laughs> You're going to name a girl no, from his no, class. No, no, no. I was just going to say... <laughs> Vanessa Elliston, I've seen the yearbook. She was pretty cute. No, I just feel like 1999 in Rutherford, New Jersey, is more like 1994 everywhere, like on the like in New York or LA. Okay, you know what I mean. Okay, so I do. Like, I don't I do, know actually. that it's like somebody of actually like hot peak of 99. Okay, okay. I also, even though John married a baby, I do think that he is drawn to an older woman um, okay. in his crush. Um, so, and I think, like, I think that because, like, because, honestly, because, like, John grew up in, like, a predominantly white community, I bet you that, like, the, like, mixed race women on television were, like, really important to him, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. so I'm wondering about somebody who we just saw recently. <laughs> you're saying that like you're making No, no, fun no, of I just feel like, you know that, like, I think it's a really, like, unique mixed race kid thing to be like, I don't see anybody in my real life that I can, like, aspire to date. No, it makes perfect, it makes perfect sense. sense. It did have the tone of a little bit of low-key bullying. <laughs> the way you were saying that, you're like, this is dope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, so, like, I feel, I'm trying to think, like, we just recently on, um, saw Vanessa Williams on an episode mm. of Deep Space Nine, and I wonder whether Vanessa Williams is in the list. 
Um, I can tell you, no, she is not. Oh. I also am wondering, like, <laughs> when was... I don't even know if you watched the show, but like I'm wondering, like when was hang- hanging with Mr. Cooper, and was that chick <laughs> on Mr. Cooper one of your crushes? Because she Holly Pete, I think, is her name. Um, mm-hmm. I yes. also know, I also Holly know Robinson that Pete. John was obsessed. We all know John was obsessed with Matrix. Ooh, so, yeah. um, I'm wondering whether either the main chick in that I don't remember her name whether her, the main chick in that is one of his crushes or was Jada in was Jada Pinkett Smith in Matrix I I'm loving no, all I'm loving all one. of these Carrie Ann okay. Moss all of these guesses mean. are great I'm loving your not. work so far you're not really circling this trifecta that he's selected okay I really oh was Britney Spears in there that's one of them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I would say of this holy trinity, she's, I was the, say, she's definitely you were, the holy ghost. You made, you've made the wrong conclusion about Jersey. Jersey's not Jersey's not like in the past. They're not lagging in time. It's not like a foreign country. <laughs> it's basic. Right. Mm. Basic is different than uh, late. It's not late. Yeah. Necessarily. Yeah. All right. So Brittany wow. was Brittany was Does... one of them. The other two, John, do you want to reveal your other two? Yes. The other two were uh Selma Hayek. <laughs> and that's because she was in the famous 1999 movie oh Wild Wild West, oh which I of course was obsessed with mm-hmm. because as everyone knows I love Will Smith. And uh, the third one, and I and and I was trying to really be honest with myself about this, <laughs> and and here's why I here's why I do think this is true. It's hard to really remember because Britney Spears was definitely number one. I have to be honest about that. Yeah, um, of course. Uh, and also, all these women were older. <laughs> I was in like <laughs> middle school, <laughs> so they were all older. But true. Um, the third one was Halle Berry and oh, that's because yeah. Halle and yeah you're right mixed race and ha- well she I don't know if she's mixed race but she's fair she's lighter skin and Halle Berry was um in the Flintstones which came out in 1994 I said 1994 <laughs> right I said 99 is 94 yeah. in New Jersey she did say that. <laughs> that is true but I we owned the Flintstones on VHS <laughs> and I watched it a lot and if you've seen the Flintstones, Halle Berry mm-hmm. is so hot in that it's ridiculous. <laughs> and I, I think it was like, like one of those things where it was Flintstones. like, if I said Halle, if if like bo- like other boys at my school were like, who do you like? Like every it's this is especially a, a white suburban thing. Everyone who is white was like, but I like black chicks too. I like Halle Berry. <laughs> So it was like a, a black woman that I could say that was acceptable to white men. Oh, right. man. Right. We've only talked about Flintstones the movie one other time on our show, and it was with James your friend, James the Third. <laughs> wow. Damn. Mm-hmm. I owned it on All right. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I love Rosie that O'Donnell. in a world. Ooh, so good. 
I love that in yeah, a world iconic. this big, you and James III have found each other because it is it is a perfect match made in heaven. All right, John, you've had some time to mull this over. Who do you think? I have. Yeah, who do you think Tess's that crush mean was? I'm going to get anywhere near correct because I have, I truly have no clue. Um, I was just trying to think of like, m- like hot men around that time, but I don't. Tessa doesn't really. I don't feel like she really has a type. Her type is more feelings based, but I don't know if that was always true. I would say yes, based on who she picked. I, I'm going to guess who yes. she picked. I'm going to say that this person gave her feelings. Okay. And wait, is this, is this, is it only one person? She only picked one. Oh, oh my God. I think I know in. who it is. Is it, um, Savion Glover? He listens to me. He listens to me. He listens to me. Yes, yes, yes. She came in hot and specific with that one. Hot and specific. It was an immediate response. That's Mm -hmm. my truth. Savion Glover, the probably greatest tapper of all time and protege of all of the previous like past tappers. I mean, that's what Gregory Hines said. Gregory Hines said that Savion Glover is most likely the best tapper of all time. And he was Well, a- and in in 1999, I thought he was the only tapper in the world. Like <laughs> I didn't know anybody else tapped. Like he was my only reference for tap. He was like the first big like talented Broadway young celeb for our generation. Like th- I don't rem- it, I'm sure there were icons i mean they're obviously broadway icons but that certain mold of like i'm the so cool, cool guy totally. watch me on the toadies if i had instagram if it didn't, was invented yep. follow i me. remember standing in front of the tv when no one else was around watching him tap and like looking around being like all right i'm gonna try to do this it wasn't Aww. good but i tried <laughs> yeah i love it well i'm feeling wait, lauren ver- there was yeah. there was another person i said <gasps> i said oh wait save young glover that's my truth and then I said, but also. Oh, no, I think I didn't get the second text. Really? I only have Savion. I'm showing John. You want me to look or guess? Oh, hold on. Who was the second I'm going to retext it to you right now, okay? You guess, okay. John. Um, is this also feelings-based? Hmm. When did Rent come out? <laughs> it rent came out in like ninety six. Hmm. I wonder. No, maybe she wouldn't like Tay Diggs. That was. That's a good guess, though. All right. No, I don't know. Just tell me. Wait. I can't believe I. I just reread our text thread, and now my brain processed it. And wow, I, I, the fact again, the world is so big, but soulmates find each other because y'all have this in common. She, one of yours is on her list too. Oh, one Which of mine? Three- Halle mm-hmm. Berry? Nope. Wait, Britney Spears? <laughs> Yay! Icon. Truly iconic. My Truly friends iconic. took me to her concert. That's amazing. I think a lot of children started to learn about feelings through Britney Spears. She really was a she a welcome wagon to puberty. I mean, so she many. was hypersexualized <laughs> from yep. the ver- from the jump, and she was like in a school uniform, so it looked a- like 
a literal jump too it was a backflip <laughs> into our life she jumped into yeah you know well i don't know about y'all but i'm feeling very of 99 right now i feel like yeah i'm, I'm in, in the, I'm the in zone it. and you know many have said that 1999 was the greatest year of american cinema and i'm here to say i agree and so for inspiration for today's episode i asked you each what your favorite films were and Tessa made some truly iconic decisions about what her favorite films of 1999 were, and it inspired this game. Today, we're going to play a little game called You Can't Run Away From Your Bride. Because when I asked Tessa what her favorite movie was from 1999, she said she simply couldn't pick between Notting Hill or Runaway Bride. And she was absolutely certain this would annoy you, John. So... Now I we're going to play a little game. I can't believe she likes <laughs> Runaway Bride. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, I'm hoping that you paid attention when she made you watch it because I'm going to give you quotes from these movies and you have to guess which Julia Roberts character said it in which movie. So some of these are Julia from Notting Hill. Some of these are Julia from Runaway Bride. Caitlin and I are going to take turns reading you the quotes. And you are going to guess who. Okay. Which Julia said it. All right. This is the first one. I'm, we're going to give you an easy one first. After all, I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love her. Notting Hill. Awesome. And do you know her character's name in Notting Hill? I sure don't. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like all the characters are just Julia until someone does like a... I know Hugh Grant is in the movie. Control, find. Yeah. Her name's Anna. I didn't realize that until today. I was like, I thought her name was Julia. (laughs) I didn't realize it either. I just think of her as Julia. I famously don't, this is not famous. I am telling myself that it's famous that I don't know character names from movies. Like, He doesn't know human names either. Oh, no. He doesn't remember people's names. (laughs) I see you and I feel seen by you because I also have this problem um all right Caitlin take the next quote all right I love eggs benedict I hate every other kind I hate big weddings with everybody staring I like I'd like to get married on a weekday while everybody's at work and when I ride off into the sunset I want my own horse um I I mean, it's funny because it is like something the character from Notting Hill would say, but I feel like I remember in Runaway Bride, they literally ride off on a horse in that movie. Is it it Runaway Bride? It is. It is. Iconic character Maggie Carpenter, (laughs) because that was her name. All right. Here's the next. Here's another quote. Guess which one it is. Is there one right person for everyone? Hmm. That's it. That's the quote. <laughs> wow. That's just a question, Lauren. Yeah, it's uh, I'm going to again guess Runaway Bride. And you're again correct. Wow. 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 All right. We're crushing it. We're three for three so far. Let's see if the, hit, if the hits keep coming. Right. No one has said whoopsie daisies for 50 years. And even then, it was only little girls with blonde ringlets. <laughs> That's Notting Hill. Yes. All right. All right. You're totally crushing it. Uh, All right. No, no. I want to destroy this man's life, career, everything. I want revenge. Now on a sin scale, how bad is that? Can I hail Mary my way out of that? Hmm. I want to destroy this man's career. 
She's an actress in Notting Hill. <laughs> Whose career would she want to destroy? <laughs> Runaway Bride? You're absolutely correct. Yes. Yeah. I wow. loved that you really you really put the thought into it. You you found your way to the answer there. Wow, you've gotten all of them right so far. Let's see if we can let's see if we can get them all right, Caitlin. We got two more quotes for you. All right. Men went to bed with a dream. They didn't like it when they'd wake up with reality. Do you feel that way? <laughs> That's definitely nodding hill. <laughs> That's definitely correct. Wow. You're crushing. absolutely crushing it. All right. We have one final quote. Let's see if you can figure this okay. one out. I hate it when you're not around and the fact that you didn't call, but mostly I hate the way I don't hate you. Not even close. Not even a little bit. Not even at all. <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, flip. Notting Hill? That was actually a trick question. It's a different Julia. That was Julia Stiles playing Katarina Stratford in 10 Things I Hate About You. Amazing. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a trick question. I, But that's the only one you missed. That is probably the best quiz performance yeah, ever on the show. I don't, think since, I don't think we've had someone slay that hard since Jeff Hiller totally dominated the Broadway that's B-sides. Oh, John, wow. congratulations. Thank you. I've seen both movies. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> Runaway no, Bride is... A- objectively yeah. not a good movie <laughs> well thank you so much for giving me the segue into the question because th- that is my genre i love a rom-com and even i can't sit through a runaway bride rewatch tessa how can you how dare you and why yeah here's the thing <laughs> here's the thing <laughs> like there are movies i have seen more than runaway bride the itch that Runaway Bride scratched for me in the era it came out, like, is just, it's the way a movie should feel, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really okay. wow. needed, it was about independence, feminism, but you still get the rom-com. It's like... Really, that was like really the end of the Julia Roberts. Like it was close to the end of the Julia Roberts rom-com era. So like Mm -hmm. as she's closing out, like these are the ones that we're getting. And like Notting Hill, there's a there's no person in the world who wouldn't like that one. And like and yet like she plays such a different character in in, (laughs) she plays such a different version of Julia Roberts in (laughs) Runaway Bride. Anna. It's so Maggie much so, Carpenter. you know, Maggie Nana. Carpenter. <laughs> and, so, and so it's really about the profoundness of Julia Roberts and the fact that she can give us so, so much all in one year. Wow. The fact that you felt that those performances were different is alarming to me. But people love what they love. And I love that you love her. L- well, Runaway Bride gave us the amazing chick song. That was Ready great. To Run. Yes. We are so thankful thank for you. that. We are thankful for that. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick break because I need to say a few things that just can't possibly be said on air. And uh, we'll be back in a moment. Together. 
Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Welcome back, y'all. Things got heated off mic uh, talking about whether or not Julia's performances in the two films was actually different. But They're not. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Okay, John came back yeah. in the house. Everyone's He's cooled, cooled down. <laughs> Everyone is ready to keep moving. Um, now, I wasn't honestly sure when I was sitting down to prepare my thesis for this week. I wasn't really sure what my angle was going to be because, as we've as we've been saying, like 1999 in in cinema was just so iconic. But I started thinking about the fact that, like, growing up in the 90s, we didn't have Spotify. We didn't have other streaming services. We had like the radio and we had CDs and honestly for me growing up in Oklahoma one of the best ways to find new music was through movie soundtracks like a lot of my music library is is, is from movies and so I started thinking about you know I've been talking a lot about how the movies of 99 were great but it's like well done that means the soundtracks in 1999 were really great and you know, because we were recently celebrating the 20th anniversary of so many of these of all these films, there have been a lot of write ups about uh, the best soundtracks of 1999. So I did. I wanted to get a little sense of what everyone's sort of like favorites were, and I just kind of keep playing on this uh, this guessing game. Tessa, could, do you have a wild guess what John said his favorite 1999 soundtrack was? Yes. What was it? Wild Wild West. It was absolutely Wild Wild West. Um, and <laughs> Kate, could we play just a tiny taste of Wild Wild West for everyone? Oh my goodness. So that's just a, just a little taste of this iconic soundtrack. 
Get out of that dress once you meet Jim West. Roughneck and so, check. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Purely getting caught up in the music. You know, John, you're not alone. When I was looking around the internet, a lot of people put this soundtrack on their, like, top 10 of 99. Now, John, do you have any guess what Tessa's top soundtrack of 1999 was? <sighs> top soundtrack of... I don't, I have, no, <laughs> I don't know. Um, does Tessa no. know? I'm going to play, we're going to play you a clip. Okay. Uh, and then we'll see if you know what this soundtrack is from. My guess is that he doesn't know after you play the click clip. I know That'll that wasn't one part of the game questions, but that's, but, nope, that's, that's a double, double question. question. But it's a double question. Um, so I picked my favorite song from Tessa's favorite soundtrack. Great. <laughs> So we're going to play clip number two. We're actually going to have to stop playing it right there because this was a song I used for emotional prep when I was in Meisner class in grad school. So I will start crying if I listen to any more. Uh, uh, do you recognize that song? Is, do you know what album it's from? Is it 10 Things I Hate About You? No. V- very different vibe. It's actually, Tessa, you want to tell everyone what movie this is from? It's Amy Mann from Magnolia. Oh. Which was an all Amy Mann Soundtrack, soundtrack, which was profound. Very profound to have a one artist soundtrack. Very cool. So, okay. I've never seen that movie. You've never seen Magnolia? I have also never seen the movie, but I do own the soundtrack. Oh. <laughs> so, oh. now I just wanted to play you these two songs because I thought both your picks kind of give a nice sort of like spectrum of the music that we were getting in 99 right we had like our awesome like party jams we had our soulful songs i'm gonna play you all now a portion of my favorite movie soundtrack from 1999 (laughs) you're already crying and laughing and i i just can't wait to see if any of you even recognize this song um all right here is a clip from my favorite soundtrack from not look at the, the document mm-hmm. that I could cheat, but I, I thought when you started talking, I was like, is she going to say go? No, it's not go. I honestly, truly, 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 until today, I probably, I wouldn't have, I had forgotten how much I loved this movie, but honest to God, in 1999, I was obsessed with the film, The Red Violin, oh. and by the looks on your faces, People might need to be reminded of what 
the Red Violin is. So I'm just going to casually share the trailer from the Red Violin. And mind you, in 1999, I was in sixth grade. In sixth grade, this was my favorite soundtrack and my favorite movie. Here's the here's the trailer. The last sale of the evening, the star of the night, the so-called <laughs> Red Violin. Who will start us off? Prophecy foretold of a masterpiece <laughs> that would be born oh of tragedy. It foretold of a journey that would call forth a prodigy. These people from the Vals have given us some figures. So what we need now is a professional opinion. You ever heard of the red violin? You sure I have stories? What you're saying is any way true, people could get a little excited. Destined to wander across the ages and never to rest. Is that Mandy Patinkin? Mm-hmm. Victoria, I need you. Its song of seduction could inspire genius. But also betrayal. Oh, slottish muse. Who is she? Quiet! This is the single most perfect acoustic machine I have ever seen. While some would condemn its beauty, others would risk their lives to preserve it. Is uh, our little red violin the red violin? Now, the time has come. Guess I never thought I'd find it. When it will reveal itself once more. There she is now, Bob 72, the so-called red violin. Its beauty bewitches. All right, so I just wanted to give you all uh, We have a to moment. watch that. <laughs> is this movie? I'm so I've never stressed. seen this trailer before. Samuel mm-hmm. Jackson is, is the star of it? Even the, it, he he's definitely the the like linchpin that like keeps the the narrative together because we we time travel not literally but like the story we bounce through yep, the story. It looks like it. Yeah. Um. And in and I feel like this movie has just been forgotten in a way that's really hurtful to me personally. <laughs> and the fact that the score. I didn't see this soundtrack listed on any of the like best of 99s. And I think that's really outrageous. Um, to be clear, The Red Violin is a drama that was released on June 11, 1999 in the U.S. And it starred Samuel L. Jackson. And it spans four centuries and five countries as it tells the story of a mysterious red-colored violin and its many owners. The instrument was... <laughs> Had its future forecast by tarot cards as it made its way to Montreal, where it's appraised and identified and goes to auction. This was an international co-production between companies in Canada, Italy, and the UK. Why? And I just think it's outrageous that it's not considered one of the best soundtracks because truly what's so fascinating to me about this movie was that usually, like... Not always, but especially in the 90s, like the soundtrack was kind of like an afterthought or more or, or like, you know, you, you shot the film. Maybe you got some of the songs you were thinking of while you were writing it. But like the 
composer and the filmmakers worked like like they worked together like the music and the film like it was a real true collaboration and most of the score was finished before principal photography so like that's just like not really heard of um one of the few pieces that little tiny clip that i played you is from anna's theme that was one of the few pieces that was written like after principal photography and Y'all, I don't know. I was obsessed with this movie and I asked my mom and she was like, I don't know how you saw it the first time, but you like made the whole family go see it in the theater with you again. And And she also said, she goes, I can't tell you how many times you went to Blockbuster and rented it and nobody else wanted to watch it with you. You just watched it by yourself. Oh my gosh. And anyways, my thesis is that the Red Violin is the best soundtrack of 1999 and not enough people are talking about how that soundtrack slaps and it ends today, y'all. I I mean, your thesis is irrefutable because no one is talking about this except for you. (laughs) I remember this trailer. And being captivated by it, but I did not get to see it. But that kind of trailer would have been captivating to me. And I just feel like really, I feel like close to you right now, Lauren, because I feel like it speaks to like a girl stuck in a town that she's bigger than. And like the way that like an, the art film at Blockbuster, like... Mm-hmm. calls to you you know and you're like this is a yeah. masterpiece and there's been details put mm-hmm. into this and it's about a masterpiece it's a masterpiece about a masterpiece and like I just feel like it really right. speaks to the artist that was like destined for New York in you I love yes. that thank you so much for and you could touch yeah. all times you know you could span I centuries it's so funny because I think like everybody like Samuel L. Jackson is an icon and I think he's someone that like everybody has their version of Samuel L. Jackson like when you hear his name what you think of this is yours this is mine does he remember doing this film do you think if if any of us went up to him and said red violin no I don't think he does he probably only worked a handful of days on set too well yeah all his scenes look like they're in a lab with that guy so he's like I for my many lab he was in a lab and then he was at the auction house and stuff like that but like I just oh I think he's so good in it (laughs) (laughs) truly I love to hear that one of the most random films I've ever and was that Mandy I'm not sure I said yes but I'm actually not sure it it looked quite a bit like there were very few stars in that trailer like which is yeah. wild for what that movie because, was. Well, it was like, because it was kind of like a, it was like a, it was a bigger, it, it was, I don't know that, that it was intended for like an American audience. Like, I think it was like, it did so, from my understanding, reading about it today, like, I don't remember this at the time, but I think it like did really well at like international film festivals because that's part of why I think it gets forgotten sometimes too is because there's, it sometimes gets labeled like a film of 1998 because I think it premiered at like a big international festival in 98, but it didn't get a US release until summer of 99. And I think it like just kind of surprised people that it was uh, like as well received as it was it seems like they used the stars from the countries where they film so it's not all american stars yeah and it was America. produced so that's... primarily by um italian canadian 
producers like i don't even know that they had like a major u.s person so i think like they just like went all in on samuel J. they're like he'll he'll bring us to america and he did and i loved it at least to one viewer but i watched (laughs) many times like i used no i think it was worth it i'm not diminishing his contribution we're talking about it in the year 2020 thank you on an episode of the best the, an episode of the films of 1999. It made no, it's its not mark. coming. <laughs> no, it's not coming. All right. So I, 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 I had a feeling that maybe I was the only one that would remember uh, the Red Violin. So I thought it would be fair to bring up some movies that maybe y'all do remember. So I picked five truly bangers from other soundtracks. We're going to play a couple clips and see if you can guess what movie these songs come from. And I really tried to get a nice wide variety to make up for the fact that I chose such a deep cut for my thesis. So, uh, all right, we got five clips. We're going to play the song. And when you think you know, you can let us know. All right, Kate, whenever you're ready, play that first clip. I know the song. (laughs) (laughs) Any thoughts on what this song might be? Or what movie it's from? Do you know, can you guess who the artist is? Or? I have no idea who the artist is. I the don't. artist, I'll give you the artist. The artist is R.E.M. Oh, God, right. No, no, okay. No um, clue. My, no, it doesn't, it could be American Beauty, I guess, but. And how dare you? How dare you bring that trash up on this program? Um, this is from one of my other favorite movies of 1999. It's the song Man on the Moon from the movie Man on the Moon. I was about to say that. I was like, it has something to do with the moon. Is that movie Man on the Moon? And that's a, it's a Man on the Moon is about the comedian. Um, Andy what's Kaufman. His name? Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. And yes. I was thinking about the guy from. Ta- I should have said it, but I was like, did that even come out at the time? I really was thinking all of those things. I really felt it. Yes, Jim Carrey famously snubbed for an Oscar. It kind of broke did, him. And it kind of, I, this was a movie that I stopped renting at Blockbuster and I just bought. I owned Man on the Moon on VHS. Wow. All right. I do think about that scene a lot where he's uh, with the, the healer. The healer That's scene. right. And he looks down it's and laughs. It's so good. The the movie. Okay. It's a good movie. All right. It's. I didn't know that really came out in 1999. Wow. I almost yeah. said everything. I should have just done it. The the lesson. There you go. The life lesson. Trust yourself. All right. I'm confident everyone's going to know this next banger. I mean, this has got to be from some teen flick. Just an ordinary. 
mind. I take that back. Started out the same way. Then I looked into your eyes. You know, you know this movie. She's about the same. It's a little bit of a cheat because the movie actually came out a couple years earlier, but this song sneaks into a lot of soundtrack roundups because the like the DVD or the film came out that year. Um, this is The Day I Fall in Love by Dolly Parton and James Ingram from Beethoven's to Second. I don't from know. From Beethoven's Second? <laughs> I was utterly <laughs> confused and delighted. To the movie Beethoven? The dog mm-hmm. movie? Correct. The yeah. dog movie. The dog oh, movie right, had a sequel, right. and I-, I was confused too because I think the movie actually came out in like '94. But like for some reason, when you search best soundtracks of 1999, this song kept coming up, and I just was Random. like, it was so weird. And I was like, I'm just throwing it on there for fun. Both James James Ingram and Dolly Parton, multiple time nominees for best song at the Oscars, wow. have never won. So rude. And and this this song is not related <laughs> to that fact. This was not nominated. <laughs> but it should have been. It really, really should have been. All right. This next one, y'all are going to get this one real quick. I know it. I know okay. it in my bones. And this movie came out in 1999. Yeah, this one is not me playing any games with you. gotta be a scary movie i think it's a kids movie i i i really thought john was gonna know it immediately this i thought this was a softball for you john oh is this matrix but i'll ding 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 Ah. yeah that is getting the bug out from matrix oh wow yeah totally I have no idea if that's an iconic scene or not because I have to confess I've never seen The Matrix. Wait. What? I know. Even after they We've talked <laughs> about this. I know. I still haven't seen it. Wait. I don't... And you've we know you have time. You watched all of Lucifer last no. week. All of it. Lord. I tried I tried I tried to find it today to watch it before and I couldn't figure out what streaming service to find. Is it get not it on a streaming service? I was I'm gonna have to purchase it. I I promise you I'm gonna watch it this weekend. Yeah. I'm gonna do a double header. It. I'm gonna watch Matrix and Jurassic Park this weekend. You it's haven't seen happen. Jurassic Park either. <laughs> Uh, as we learned in the episode with James III, she is afraid Aww. of Richard Wait, Attenborough. What? There was a twist there. As a little kid, I thought I thought he was icky, and I wouldn't watch Jurassic. Park. Wait, is Richard Attenborough the guy who does all of the Planet Earth um, videos? It's David uh, Attenborough. 
and no. they're brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So we were learning a lot. I watched Red Violin 1700 times, Matrix none. All right. We're almost Matrix done. Matrix is really s- good. You actually really should actually watch it, though. No, I will. I When I was watching the recent Bill and Ted that came out this past no, weekend. No, I- you paid. Sorry. Hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> you paid, what, $20 to see Bill and Ted 2, but you haven't paid $3 to see the Matrix. Three. I'm not saying I'm well. In fact, I think this is all a cry for help. (laughs) All right, we're going to skip to the last clip. We got one final clip. And before we play it, I will give the hint that this was the Academy Award winning song in 1999. Let's hear the Academy Award winner of 1999. That did win the best pick. I thought that's what it was. Now, Tessa had never seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. And she just recently, oh, wow. I very recently, in fact, I believe this last Passover show, <laughs> we watched this for the first time. And I was like, this is a really famous song. And she was like, no, it's not. <laughs> She didn't know the song either. Okay. So until what? John just got through to the end of that sentence, I was still confused because I was like, what are you talking about? Isn't this Vanessa Williams and Pocahontas? <laughs> but now after <gasps> listening to what John just said and then going back into my head, I understand that it was the Moses film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. The Prince Moses of Egypt film. and the song the song is When You Believe by and Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. An incredible Houston. duet. Wow. Amazing. And it, it did win the uh, Oscar, as Lauren mentioned. And as I've, I've talked about in a previous podcast, that Oscar was presented by Jennifer Lopez, which they clearly didn't love. It's truly so iconic. I just remember spending so much time on the playground trying to harmonize this song. Like, I remember my, like, middle school choir at recess being like, we're going to figure this out. And then one of the girls very kindly being like, Lauren, you should sit this one out. (gasps) What? But you sing beautifully. Why would they do that? She was right. She was right. She was right. I had no right. I had no right compared to the girls I was in choir with. That's that sounds crazy. I don't buy it. All of the people in your choir were Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> yes, that's basically what that was. <laughs> basically. Oh yeah, you were in that multiplicity yeah. with <laughs> Jennifer Hudson. So, um, I so, I did sorry. that with Newsies. Um, <gasps> Newsies yes. was my uh, harmonizing on the playground thing. Did you guys see Newsies? You know Newsies? Yes, an amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Amazing soundtrack. I love it so much. I love Newsies. Uh, well, thank you so much for playing along uh, that with so that fun. weird name that game. I, I, I'm realizing a lot about who I was in the 90s yeah. uh, based on yeah, all of your right. reactions yeah. 
Now, wait, I <laughs> just wanted to do. quickly add that one of my other favorite songs ever from a from like an animated musical is um is also from The Prince of Egypt. Wait, I'm <gasps> blanking on the name of the song. Deliver oh, that's us? a great song too. That soundtrack is fire. Now I'm like thinking it's about so the soundtrack good. and I'm like, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Prince of Egypt soundtrack might be better than Wild Wild West. Maybe. Whoa. Maybe. Wild Wild West, though, has that Enrique Iglesias song. Exactly. Bailamo. Bailamo. Oh, that's in Wild Wild West. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, it was um, it was um, something about when you see, like, look at yourself through heaven's eyes. <gasps> I can't remember the name of this. Oh, oh yeah. yes. Um, yeah. Look at I, your I life just... through heaven's eyes. Yeah, through heaven's eyes. Bye. It's Brian so Stokes good. Mitchell. It's so such good. a good song. It's so good. That's Brian Stokes Mitchell. Yeah. Yes. Listen, soundtracks yeah. in the '90s were slamming, and like, look, I I was having a real crisis today because there were so many iconic songs. I wanted to throw on music from Cruel Intentions. Come on, Bittersweet Symphony. Like, there are so many. It makes Come me. Wonder, were there any like she's 1999? All that. Oh, she's all that was great. You drive me crazy. I feel like was on that. <laughs> Yes, it was. It Absolutely. took a lot of self-control to not bring that up, but I didn't want to steal Caitlin's thunder from her thesis. <laughs> uh, well, thank you all so much for playing. Uh, we're going to take a quick break while I uh, apologize to everyone for bringing up Beethoven's Second, which was not a film from 1999, but I just I discovered it today and I had it's okay. to. Uh, we'll be right back. Okay, we are back. We have forgiven Lauren for Beethoven two references. Or excuse me, Beethoven's the second. It was a more <laughs> cleverly named movie than I just gave it credit for. Um, and I just wanted to talk to you today about a star of 1999. Really one of the biggest stars, in my opinion, but lost to time. And maybe we should examine why. Her name is Susan May Pratt. That may mean nothing to you. And that is the tragic part. <sighs> Susan May Pratt is in a trio of films playing essentially the same character, but an extremely important character. A bitch. <laughs> she's a shrew and she's a hater. <laughs> now, I know a lot of girls probably grew up and they could see themselves in Melissa Joan Hart, in Jennifer Love Hewitt, you know, in Brandy. And it's like, for me, I'm like, who has jet black hair that's like severely back for no reason? Like, who, who is the best friend of a sarcastic lead? I, I needed to see that person. And I saw myself in Susan May Pratt. So the first film I do want to talk about is Drive Me Crazy. She plays the role of Alicia. You know, we forgot about the character's name, too. doesn't matter. Here's what she does. She's Melissa Joan Hart's best friend. And she's like, that guy? You know, she delivers those kind of lines where she's like, ugh. Things like that. And if you remember the history of this film, it really is now more closely associated with uh, mutual crush Britney Spears for her song. 
drive me crazy. And Melissa Joan Hart has complained, or not complained, but admitted vulnerability around that time that she felt overshadowed by Britney because Britney kind of was the focus, like at the premiere and everything. And they, in fact, changed the title of the film to Drive Me Crazy from Next to You, which would have made more sense because it was about neighbors. <laughs> but here's the thing. Did Britney overtake Susan May Pratt? She absolutely did not. She had nothing... She is Susan May Pratt is in her own lane. Britney can't touch her. So her other great film of 1999 is 10 Things I Hate About You, where she plays Kat's bitchy friend. And this is like she's stretching. She's like, Heath Ledger, what? I mean, she probably said the character's name, but still that same energy. And you have to remember 10 Things I Hate About You based on Taming of the Shrew. Kat is the shrew. Susan May Pratt plays her bitchy friend. Now, in all of literature, the shrew having a bitchy friend, that is pushing boundaries for women, is what we needed. (laughs) And we thank her. Now, let's talk about her best film. And was this movie released in the year 2000? Yes, but it was made in 99, so everyone just needs to calm down. (laughs) It is the movie, (laughs) not me, but you guys. Because this movie, Center Stage. (gasps) <gasps> yes oh wow where she plays she really uses everything playing alicia playing the character named mandela i which let's that's confusing from drive me crazy but she plays the character of maureen she puts it all together as the villain who is willing to do anything to be center stage at the fictional i believe it's American called Ballet theater American Ballet Academy, Academy, yes. Um, ABT exists. Yes, it's American Ballet. That's the real one. Ballet is a real thing. Um, And (sighs) she has an arc, I think, that actually outshines the uh, head dancer who is just trying to make it. It's a simple story of a big fish in a little pond. She gets put in a big pond, then she makes it. She has some love, you know, that goes different places. But Maureen is already top bitch, okay, at ABA. And she needs to stay supreme. And part of the reason, part of the way she does this is through an eating disorder that is encouraged by her mother because her mother wants this dream for her. Eating disorders were so popular in the 90s. They were glorified and it was just like, here's one way to exist, which, you know, it's true. But Jodi, the protagonist, I don't think has to overcome as much to get to Mm -hmm. her goal because she just has to dance. But Maureen has to find her Mm -hmm. soul where she has to remember she actually doesn't even want to be a dancer this is her mom's dream and her mom is causing her to be unhealthy for it and she said the iconic line i think the best line of all 1999 cinema even though it came out in 2000 she says this to her mother you didn't have the feet i don't have the heart and she quits ballet (gasps) yes about that yes no. Oh, you could not forget. I forgot that yeah. line. And then Zoe Saldana gets to do her part in the big dance at the end. 
And that's good because Zoe Zaldana, we also wanted to succeed mm-hmm. in dance. So everyone who succeeded, wanted to succeed in dance succeeded, and those that didn't, didn't. And that's the perfect ending to the movie. Um, so unfortunately, Susan May Pratt is not a name that we know. In fact, I checked her IMDb. She's never been a series <gasps> regular on any show. She's never done more than like three episodes on a show. The last movie she made was in 2017. It's still in <gasps> post-production. She was in 2015's The Gift, which I do remember that one. Um, but this was kind of a wrap on Susan May Pratt and her reign, even though from Gabrielle Union's book, We're Gonna Need More Wine, she was identified as a fun person to hang out with on the set of 10 Things I Hate About You. So she's, she's, she's a cool person, so we don't know what happened there. So I'm just going to put forth some. Did you read that book? Yes, did you we did. Yes. yes, yes. In the we stand, we both did as part of our book yeah. Club. We stand book club. Shout out! We're reading all of literature's most important memoirs. Gabrielle really ruled the set of ten things I hate about you, from in her own mind. And bring it on. That feels especially bring it yeah. on. Yeah. Well, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Ten things I hate about you makes a little less sense. Yeah, because she, she was that well, stress. she was a small part in that. Yeah. she was Bianca's best friend, but she was one of the only people of age who could legally buy booze. So I think that made her the coolest person. Oh. Yes, I think she and Susan May Pratt were like twenty-two, and the rest of them were like sixteen or seventeen. So that's automatic. Like power dynamic is out of control, mm-hmm. no matter what the size of your part. So this is what I'm gonna say. These are some roles that Susan May Pratt should have done, and. These are roles by favorites. It is nothing against the people in the roles. But this one I see, okay, this is one that I see was a big problem. And it. I wonder if she auditioned. I wonder what happened. And that is Legally Blonde. She should have been Selma Blair's role. Oh, uh, yeah. And I love Selma Blair. I'm following on Insta. I care about her journey and her friendship with Sarah Michelle Gellar. But, oh my God, it's so sweet. But... I think that she could have just really added she was she would be a, a a stronger foil to Reese and then when they become friends it's all the more significant mm-hmm. I think. Wow. Okay. Wow. We're going to fast forward to prestige television cuz that's where she should have landed. Mm-hmm. That's where she'd be now if things went right and things didn't go so wrong. I don't know what happened. Big little lies. Nicole Kidman's role. <laughs> she should have <laughs> where Kidman is again another Reese vehicle I don't know she should circle Reese what's Reese's problem with Susan May Pratt that we have to answer (laughs) yes because she could handle the physicality of the first season wow I will say I think Big Little Lies is some of Nicole's best work and I don't know if we should be taking that away from her but Nicole's got more work. She's got more work. She's got more work. It's fine. But she still has to make up for doing Bewitched. She's she's got an end <laughs> Stepford Wives. She's got she's got you know apologies to make. I and marrying Tom Cruise. See, I, I see her as a victim in all of that. <laughs> she she did to die for. So I don't. I think she has. Okay. I love the hours. Okay. Okay. She's doing a lot of good stuff okay. in my opinion. So okay, fair. Uh, What's that one where she was an old cop? And oh God, she! <laughs> oh man, that was rough to watch. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? That's the problem. That's the problem of someone who gets offered everything. What if she wasn't offered Big Little Lies? She had to work harder in other arenas. Okay. 
I hear what you're saying. I'm just saying. Carter and Destroyer. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. Maybe it was her effort that was put in and not Oof. the film. Okay. Okay. She's done good. She's done good. She's been like also like the concerned mother of a troubled yes. child. Yeah. And then she has to, you know, she was in, um, she was in the, the movie with Lucas Hedges. Yes. Oh yeah. Um, the, Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, about gay conversion therapy. Right. And then she was also in Lion. Okay. Right. All right. right. She's and got I would some not roles submit Susan May Pratt for either of those no, roles. You're right. <laughs> right. It's a certain <laughs> lane that she's going down. All right. My. I okay. thought you were going to say um, Devil Wears Parada. Oh. To have. Oh, uh, as Emily Blunt's role? Mm hmm. Right. Interesting take. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, t- I Yes. Yeah, I, I, I've heard you pontificate on this previously, Kate, and never before mm-hmm. have I thought of an actress that maybe got in her way in the same way that, like, listening to you talk about this, I realized there's a 90s- I'm with you, Lauren. I'm with you, Lauren. I know where you're going. I, there's a 90s icon that I think took her path, and this might- I, I wonder if Tessa's going to know this. I think Claire Danes got in her way. Wow, and that's a problem for me. Um, I love Dane. I love but her. That's she- <sighs> but I was just watching a kid like Jake today, and that's a film our girl could have been in. And I'm even thinking, like, as good as she was in it, Homeland, prestige television. I wonder. You think Susan May could have done Homeland? I think she might. I have not seen Homeland. I've only seen three episodes. <laughs> And I wouldn't even even after all this thesis. If Susan May Pratt was in it, I, I will not be watching Homeland. But I would love for her to get those checks. She know. deserves it. The last one I was gonna say was Christina Applegate's role in Dead to Me. Oh, Ooh. that show is so good. Yeah, but I think Cardellini is carrying. I'm sorry. <gasps> I was with you with everything else. I was behind you with Nicole Kidman Thank replacement you. in Big Little Lies, Thank which you. was already a stretch. Thank you. But what? Thank but you. The but but Dead to Me is such a Christina Applegate vehicle. I'm sure it. I'm sure that she drove the entire no, she creation did. of it. She could still do that. And <laughs> and. The sincerity, the the sincerity and complexity of character that Christina Applegate presents, and the chemistry between Christina Applegate and what's her name, Linda Cardellini. Uh, Lin, Lin, yeah, Linda Cardellini. Yeah, um, is so powerful and magnetic, and that like I, I just imagine that- Susan May Pratt against James Marsden. Yes, <laughs> but was Susan? May Pratt as likable as Christina because Christina Applegate can play and Claire Danes also actually can play um, like they can say mean things and do jerky things but remain likable. Well, Here's the thing. I'm not arguing that she's more talented than if we're going to get and play the game of like <laughs> Christina Applegate can do dead to me but Susan May Pratt couldn't do Kelly Bundy. I got to agree with that. <laughs> The range uh, isn't there. Right. But that's why we must give way. Wow. Wow. You've given a lot wow. to think about. Well, you know, 
you know, DM me any other good roles for Susan May Pratt. If you are Susan May Pratt, what happened? Absolutely DM me. I, I'd love to work with you. I'd love to play your sister. Um, I this actually opens up. I have sort of like some closing questions for everyone. It's a two parter. Um, and I would love to hear just really quick off the top of your head, everyone's gut reactions to this. You know, we live in the day of the reboot. And I'm so curious for two things. One, what is a film from 1999 that you're like, we need we need it again. We need to see it rebooted. It deserves to be rebooted. And this may be this. You may have the same answer for both questions. But then the second part is if there's any movie from 1999 that you could drop yourself into, what is the movie that you would most want to be in? What movie do you want to see rebooted and brought back? And what would you most want to be in from 1999? Hmm. This is a great question. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, um, man, this is tough because I feel like I definitely want to be dropped into Wild Wild West only only because like, well, I mean, for several yeah. reasons. One, because like it's cowboys. It's like slick and cool. There, Man, I that I was obsessed with Will Smith. We didn't really talk about the Wild Wild West music video, which is, yeah, by far one of the best music videos of all time, and I mean so much so that it eclipsed the movie. Mm-hmm. I think if anybody, any, I think most people would agree that Wild Wild West music video is better than yes. the movie, and that when you saw the music video, it got pumped. You got you pumped for the movie, and then you saw the movie, and you're like, I think I like the music video better. <laughs> I think it would have been better if they had just played the music video on repeat for the same length that the movie was. 100%. Because <laughs> um, it has a story. The music video has a full full story. It ba- basically tells the exact same story. But better. <laughs> uh, better. Um, and Will Smith has a really cool white uh, cowboy outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, so just for that alone, like I think I had a badge, a Wild Wild West badge that I got from like Burger King or something. <gasps> um, you know, yeah, definitely would want to be dropped jump, in that okay. world. That said, I don't think it should be rebooted. Um, wait, give me a second. I need to. Okay. I need to. I need to think about this for a second. Tessa, I could discuss the worlds. Um, I, mine are two different worlds. Um, and they really are two different worlds. So I definitely would love to be in Notting Hill. Obviously, <sighs> yeah. yes. Um. And, um, and I would, and I also think that that's the film that should be rebooted mm-hmm. because a black version <gasps> of Notting Hill, like a modern black version of yeah. that with like, I, cause I just like a black Brit with a cute little accent, like who plays the Hugh Grant role would just be like a freaking adorable. Yeah. And then some like cool like feminist american julia roberts for like i actually that would be i would really be there for that i would love it to be black and lesbian though yeah oh my god i love that idea (gasps) wait that's really good i would watch that in a heartbeat i want to watch you in that Oh my gosh. Oh wow. If there are uh, to all of the different Hollywood producers that are listening to this podcast, which there are many because right we're now, constantly getting projects greenlit from this podcast. So, yes, constantly. Definitely. So, just know I'm available okay. for I that. I love that for you. I'm excited about that. I need that. 
the other world that I'd like to be dropped into is I'm is a little bit cheating because it's the Matrix, mm. but it's not Matrix One. It's the Matrix where they're dancing all together. Oh, the rave in in two. Yeah, <laughs> I love yeah. that. I love that. I would like that. Caitlin, do you two. know what yours are? Okay, here's an interesting reboot. I don't know if it would work. Okay, it may just have to be scrapped in development. Okay, but a more modern, never been kissed. <gasps> Not where she dates a teacher, though. <gasps> Caitlin, that's mine. But I want to play Josie Grossy. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play Josie. Grossi I think in it's an still an interesting idea and still an interesting story. They just can't play it you like can't be the, you can't fall in love with your teacher if you're the student. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah, I'm with you. But I, I want to figure out how you do. I've been thinking about it all day. I was like, how do you make? Josie Grossi is one of the funnest characters. I want to play that role so bad. And I want to see Never Been Kissed rebooted. But just like to be in it, the scene I would most want to be in is I want to know the dance moves from uh the prom scene and she's all that. Like I, when they all just suddenly know that perfect dance routine. Yeah. I just want to be in that courtyard of 10 Things I Hate About You. Just be a background player. Oh my gosh. Yes. We could be when they re when they do a second reboot of that. We can be in the background while Tessa is playing. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be Joseph Gordon-Levitt's cousin. I'll get one line in the. This is also a television reboot. They did have a tending day about yeah, your they, TV reboot, but it didn't have that feel that I. No, they didn't do it need. right. We need to do it again. John, have you thought of yours? Yeah, I mean, the obvious answer, which I I don't actually want to be my answer, is is the, the Phantom Menace because it, it right. was a get terrible right. movie. Yeah. Um, and, and it should be rebooted and getting it, getting it right. The interesting answer would be Bowfinger. So just, <gasps> oh, that's I would, a great one. I need one. a refresher. Yeah. Yes. Bowfinger was with, uh, oh yeah, here, remind Tessa too. It was with Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy. I don't know. There's something about that movie that was funny, yeah. it, but it was like underrated. And I just yeah. feel like, you know, maybe playing with the different dynamics, we could have a, I don't know, a more interesting version of that movie. He's playing like a dumb, like there, I think there are two Eddie Murphys, yes. if I'm not mistaken. There's the, there's the, yeah, there's the Bowfinger guy and he's trying to make some Hollywood movie uh, with, the real actor by using one that looks like like mm-hmm. him right um which i'm sure has a bunch of racial implications and if we watch that movie again it would be like what but i don't know there's something about that that would be really funny. i agree yeah. great one that's great a great one, one. well wow wow amazing well it's been so fun partying like it's 1999 with y'all and traveling back through time for everyone listening who's now as obsessed with you as i am where can they find you and keep up with you you go first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I host a podcast with James uh, the Third and Jerome Milligan called Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. So you can listen to that on wherever your podcast. We talk about black uh, movies with black leads um, or people of color leads. We're, we just recently, I think, we're going to be talking about Mulan. Um, and you can follow me at John Braylock on Twitter and Instagram. And if you have Netflix, you can watch Astronomy Club on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And the truth is, I'm not really looking to be found right now. <laughs> Great. We love that. But um, 
Uh, you can follow me at on Instagram at Tassandra, T-E-S-S-A-N-D-R-A. I'm on and off of there. And I'm also on Twitter occasionally at WellITClaire. And the thing that I am kind of that's super fun that you might if it might be your thing is that I'm doing a podcast called Space Bus Podcast Ooh. and I get to play a quirky bus driver in space and we take kids and we have experts who come and visit and it's a daily podcast all of the remote learners who aren't getting their bus their bus ride anymore oh. and it's a re- it's really fun and some of my like favorite scientists and social scientists and stuff are come and show up on the bus and it's really fun like jason ward the um birdist the, yeah. the birder um is like a guest there and it, it's oh, very fun that's so cool i want to ride the bus with you yeah it's like six six seven minutes that's so, so really cool fun. That's amazing. amazing. Awesome. We'll be sure to link both those podcasts on our social media. So follow at We Stand Social if you aren't already, because we're going to leave you those breadcrumbs so you can find these amazing podcasts. Mm-hmm. And while you're there, go ahead, leave a five-star review if you feel you like it. just do it. It doesn't cost you anything. While you're there. Come on. Uh, well, this has been We Stand Together, and we'll catch you later, Stan Stan. Stan. <laughs> Now the Backstreet Boys are all grown up with their own.